Greetings, and thank you for joining us for the fourth episode of DC Animation with Spencer and Friends. This is an LMG Podcast production. Today, I am joined by a dear friend. Hello, I'm Cassidy. Yes, Cassidy's here. Uh, Cassidy is great. If you've seen any of the YouTube videos that the LMG Podcast has put up, uh, Cassidy is the one who put those together. Um, and I'm sure that there will be more to come. Who knows? We're uh, we're still, you know, figuring things out and whatnot. Um, so, Cassidy, can you tell me a little bit about your DC consumption? Uh, comic books, TV shows, movies, anything, anything DC that you have consumed? I would say I'm primarily have consumed uh, Superman related materials when I was very young. Smallville came out, and I watched that show front to back became in, or fell in love with Superman, essentially Clark Kent. And so anything that has involved Clark Kent at any capacity, I try to watch it now. I haven't read a lot of the comics, but the films and some of the DC show spinoffs I've watched, um, including like Gotham. I really liked that one as well. Okay. Okay. So before we jump into this, just a quick question. If you can call it, who is your favorite live-action Superman? Uh, um, I would have to go classic with Christopher Reeve because, debatably, you can't really count uh, Tom Welling because technically he never became Superman in the entire Smallville series. It was just the pre-series. So I would probably say Christopher. Like, that's just the OG. <laughs> okay. I, I honestly thought you'd go Dean. I love Dean. I've met Dean. Dean's great. Um, but I probably, I've not watched a ton of the Lois and Clark, so I can't give him that glory. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, all right. Okay. Just wondering. Uh, with that being the case, it is possible that uh, you all may hear Cassidy's voice again on one of our upcoming superman movies because there are several so uh this is our second superman lover uh you heard brandon in our first episode he is a lover of superman and here we have cassidy another lover of superman superman uh seems to do well with the fans <laughs> but today we're not talking about superman um I appreciate you for joining us on this journey through dc animation today's film is wonder woman released March 3rd, 2009, and the comic book on which this movie was based is Wonder Woman, Gods and Mortals. I will read a synopsis in my own words of the movie, and then Cassidy and I, we're just going to talk about it. Uh, you know, see how we feel, see some things we notice, things we uh, are going to point out, so forth and so on. So, war. The Amazons, led by Hippolyta versus Ares and his army. Many lives are lost, and when Hippolyta is about to kill Ares, Zeus stops her from killing him. Hera steps in and punishes Ares. So she places bands on his arms so that he will no longer be able to draw power from war, and the bands can only be removed by a god. So he is kept in the Amazon's prison. Hera also gifts them with the island of Themyscira. Hippolyta sculpts a child out of sand, gives it 
a little bit of her own blood, and Princess Diana is here. Centuries later, an adult Diana is training and inquires about the world outside of Themyscira. Hippolyta takes her to the prison of Ares and uses him as an example of how terrible man's world is. While out exploring, Diana comes across Steve Trevor's crash, uh, Steve Trevor crash landing his plane on the island. Uh, he is chased. He and Wonder Woman fight. He is defeated and captured by the Amazons. They use the lasso of truth to interrogate him and determine that he is not a threat. He now needs to be escorted back to his home and Diana volunteers, but her mother does not let her because she doesn't have enough experience with the outside world. A tournament will decide who will get to take Trevor back to his home and Diana wins the tournament wearing a helmet so that no one knows who she is. Meanwhile, Ares has seduced an Amazon who kills Alexa and lets him out of prison. They take the invisible jet back to New York. Well, Diana and Trevor take the invisible jet back to New York. Um, Steve offers his access to information to help her with her search to find Ares. Steve tries to get Diana drunk and she gets pissed off and storms out. Some muggers show up and Diana quickly takes care of them, but the demon. Deimos, sent by Ares, shows up to kill Diana. He is formidable, but Diana is able to defeat him. She attempts to use him to find out where Ares is, but he kills himself to avoid revealing any information. They are able to locate the cult of Ares, and Diana finds Ares, and they fight, of course, but Ares summons some harpies, and Diana is carried off by one of them. Steve is able to save her, and Ares goes to visit his uncle, Hades, to have the bands removed. Hades agrees and removes the bands. Ares gets his army together, and war begins. The Amazons arrive, and they start going to work. The mascara is visible, and the president, under the impression that the island is where this war and magic originated, launches a missile... Uh, which feeds Ares an absurd amount of power because of the act of war. Uh, he is able to summon the dead Amazons to fight on his behalf. Alexa, one of the dead, is able to give Artemis the necessary words to break Ares' control over the dead. Diana and Ares go back to throwing hands, and Ares calls down some lightning. Steve is able to stop the missile from hitting Themyscira. Back on the battlefield, Hippolyta kills Persephone, and Diana is getting her ass beat by Ares. Uh, Diana hits him with a We Woke a Switch, causing him to be struck by the lightning that he called down. Then, Diana wins. Fatality. Diana and Steve share a kiss, and Hades has made Ares into his new slave. Back on Themyscira, Diana is given the mission of opening communication between Amazons and the outside world. She goes to New York and starts fighting crime as Wonder Woman. Credits. So, Cassidy, what uh, what were your thoughts on this movie? I enjoyed it more than I expected I would. I've not watched any of the DC animations, and... I don't typically watch a lot of animated films in general, and I think it's part of just people associated with kid films, and so I just didn't think to ever watch it. But then the first dialogue in this entire film is Aries making a joke about uh, taking uh, Hippolyta to bed, and I was like, oh my gosh, we are 
in adult territory. Okay. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was kind of a fun little moment because I was just like, oh, did not expect that. Um, There were some characters that, um, like Steve, that I didn't, based off of the other media I've consumed, didn't expect them to act the way they did. Um, And so it's interesting to me how some characters are portrayed in this and Steve was one of them. I didn't care for Steve in this particular film. Well, um, so so that the people listening are aware, who is your favorite Chris? Chris Pine. (laughs) Chris Pine is your favorite Chris? Okay. And is there a movie that Chris Pine is in that you've seen that, you know, might be swaying your opinion a little bit? You know, he might have been Steve in the live-action Wonder Woman film, if I recall. I mean, quite possibly. Just maybe. (laughs) You know. And so I think that that makes sense that you... I mean, Steve... Because, hey, I love Nathan Fillion. And I'm glad it was Nathan Fillion. But in this movie, yeah, Steve is like, I am a womanizer. Women should not feel safe around me. And (laughs) I... You know, I'm going to do what I can to get it in. Like, that's I, that's how that goes. I and, would, yeah. Go ahead. I would like to acknowledge that I was trying to rein in the fact I was like, am I only just remembering Chris Pine, Steve, as this gem of a creature? I should have watched live action Wonder Woman after watching this so I could compare and contrast. Because I was like, yeah, as I was watching this version of Steve, I was like, I don't like this man. Like, I liked him. <laughs> in the live action (laughs) well yeah and i mean it's that's one of the things that i do like about this is they have flawed heroes because in most things like well i'm not going to say most things i think that pretty recently this has changed but in a lot of things uh the hero is just untouchable like they're just the perfect person they do everything the right way the good you know they don't have any mistakes or they don't have any like marks against them and it's like yeah but they're human and humans do yeah um and so i i think it's interesting that they made him that way and are like based on how noble he ends up being will you like him or will you not like him because of the kind of person that you know he is like is he still that person even if he's with diana because you know whenever he was under the lasso of truth uh he made a comment about her rack he did indeed and i was taken aback i was like sir <laughs> like rack in front of her mother <laughs> yeah in front of all, all of them. uh so yeah yes. i thought that, that was uh that, yeah i think that this was I think that because I watched this before I watched the live action Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. I thought that they kind of watered him down in the live action one because I was used to Steve being very that. Which and I helps don't know. make it okay. makes, makes sense why I didn't like him then because my first exposure to Steve, like I had exposure to Wonder Woman, but not Steve before this. And so I only knew the live action one. And I was like, there's no way this is the same guy (laughs) yeah and i mean the thing is dc goes through you know massive large scale Mm -hmm. rewrites all the time and this is actually before like these are technically two different steves kind of because 
looking at Flashpoint Paradox, which we will review later on in this journey. Uh, Flashpoint Paradox kind of rewrites the DC universe until we have what's called the New 52. This movie, this Wonder Woman movie that we're discussing today happened before that. And the Wonder Woman live action happened after that. And so generally the characters are the same and all of that, but a recharacterization makes sense. Um, one thing that comic books do a lot of is taking a character that you know pretty well and putting them in very different situations and sometimes with different personality traits and you know, doing things in a way that's like, I don't know if this person would handle it that way. And they usually do, the way they get around that is um, putting them on a different earth or in a different universe, on a different world, you know, those kinds of things. Um, because, you know, there are several stories where Superman is a bad guy or does bad things, but they're like, no, that was on Earth 8. Or, you know, that was, that was somewhere else. That wasn't our Superman. Our Superman is good. He and, had drugs in his system. It's fine. It's not him. It's the yeah. red kryptonite. <laughs> and we will talk about other things that Superman has done later on in this series as well. But um, I, I guess I liked Steve Trevor's characterization because I felt like that's pretty accurate. Like, you're going to come across that guy. Mm -hmm. And... You know, sometimes that guy, you know, he's a terrible person, but he's a terrible person who is trying to do good things. And, you know, this could be a situation where Wonder Woman changed his heart or whatever, even though I don't think that's what happened. And if it did, it happened way later because he definitely tried to kiss her like three times. Too many times. Yeah, like he, he, went, in, yeah, he went in for it more than he needed to. Mm -hmm. um, and you know maybe you know it was a different time period or whatever but it also could have been to hippolytus point like hey men are kind of trash mm -hmm. and uh this is a great example this is a random man that you know we 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 i didn't bring him here he just happened to show up and look at him <laughs> look at what he's doing look at how he's acting you know all of these things so you know, it could be, you know, a pretty standard, like, men are terrible. Um, because I think this is, this movie probably came out before they were pushing the quote-unquote message. Mm -hmm. But I think that Wonder Woman has had a turbulent history as far as representation. Because there are some things, there's, there's some stories that she's in that's like, ooh, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. like they wonder woman's been treated poorly um it's she she's a cop i feel like based off of how society was in the past it's she's a complicated character to have because you want this strong female character but then back in the times where she was really like the tv show and everything they also didn't want this yeah. strong female character <laughs> That's the problem. So they is, made it so she was okay, not threatening. <laughs> yeah, like that that's that has a lot to do with it. Like she mm -hmm. was supposed to be a strong female character, but also that wasn't something they knew how to do yet. Mm -hmm. And they didn't ask any women what they thought or like no. to help. They were just like, we're just we're just gonna do it. 
like we're just going to do our idea and it was like no that's not because i think that at one point wonder woman's like one weakness was like being bound it's like what yep (laughs) like that's not questionable that's not cool Mm -mm. but at the time it was fine so I'm glad that Wonder Woman has been better and more positively represented. And I like that Wonder Woman doesn't really have a weakness. Like Wonder Woman is Mm-mm. just a problem. And in a lot of things, Wonder Woman is the baddest. Like I'm pretty sure that Batman has said Wonder Woman is the fiercest hand-to-hand combatant on earth. Because Superman don't want those problems. No. (laughs) I love Superman. But one of the things about Wonder Woman is, even if Wonder Woman had no powers at all, she's still a problem. She's fearless. She is the definition. Uh, The Amazons in general, this is something that anytime I see anything with, like the the lack of fear. Yeah, like they go in ready to die. Yeah. They they are like, no, we are here till the end. Matter of fact, Whenever Steve saved her and she woke up and was like, did we defeat Ares? Yeah. And like, no, <laughs> we didn't. She was ready to kill. Like, you bitch, mm-hmm. I told you not to worry about me mm-hmm. and to deal with Ares. He's going to destroy the earth. And Steve was like, yeah, but I care about you. And she was mm-hmm. like, all right, shut up. We got work to do. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so she was yeah, about she's- business. A hundred percent. And I think that's something when I do watch any Wonder Woman kind of thing, and this included, even though it was um, animated, I get almost stressed watching the Amazons fight because I just feel like, again, I'm going to blame society on this problem. I just get stressed seeing women in that position. And I'm like, I don't know if I could ever be that brave because I've been, I feel like a little conditioned to think that I can't do that. And just seeing how they can just go in and just be ready to go and ready to die. Just like, and you see, sick. that's that right there is yeah. one of the beautiful things that DC has done and with this animation has done. Because I agree, we are conditioned to not believe that that's a possibility. And, you know, this is, I mean, DC is not the only ones who have done it, but mm-hmm. I think that this is important because they are breaking people's perception of what's possible or what should be because to have, I mean, it's, it's weird that if we just say a group of warriors, we assume that it's a group of men. Like we have Mm -hmm. to say warrior women in order for you to know that it's women who are warriors, which is a part of the issue. Now, of course, Mm -hmm. historically that makes sense because women weren't doing war generally i mean even in world war ii like women took jobs in factories and like kept kept the economy going because all the men were out to war so i mean women didn't have the option to be warriors no and the amazons were like no we need to be ready in any situation and that's what some of them were talking about they were like i'm bored and it was like you should be happy that there's nothing going on right now but also stay sharp. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Alexa was like, yeah, this is great. I have time to read. And Artemis read was like, where's, where's the action? <laughs> like, we're getting soft. 
and I we need to be ready for some nonsense to happen. So, yeah, I um, I think that this is very important, and you know, I, I the whole reason we're here is because I love DC Animation, and this is just another thing that I feel like DC Animation is bringing to the table. And this was early, relatively. Like this is you know a standalone 2009 film and i feel like this is before that was really being pushed mm-hmm. so yeah, you I know agree. so yeah um are you familiar at all with greek mythology very very top level kind of surface level i know names i get confused if they're roman versus greek is the problem okay so not a ton i mean i recognize watching this a ton of names so i was like okay i've heard these names before and i mean aries is not one to not know and then you've got obviously uh zeus and um hera Hera. yes hera yeah so i mean those are all names that i was like yes i know exactly who you are and then persephone and artemis all those ones i all knew for the most okay. part. Now, I will say there was a little bit of variation here. Um, they use Greek mythology kind of as a base, but there are some differences. So in Greek mythology, Hippolyta is actually Ares' daughter. Um, she is still queen of the Amazons, but I don't know, or I'm under the impression that this is not the same Hippolyta as in Greek mythology, but it okay. is the same Ares. It is the same Zeus, it is the same Hera, but I don't think it's the same Artemis or Persephone because Artemis is one of Zeus's daughters in Greek mythology. Uh, she's the goddess of the hunt. And Persephone is Demeter's daughter. And she. She's like the, spring something? Well, she's. So she's the reason for winter. So oh. basically, the long and short of it is Hades, her uncle. Uh, falls in love with her and brings her to Hades to be his queen. And Demeter's like, no, we're not doing that. And so Hades gives her a pomegranate and the number of seeds she eats determines how much of the year she has to be with Hades. She eats three pomegranate seeds, which means that she belongs to Hades for three months out of the year. That sadness during those three months is why we have winter because Demeter is so sad and, you know, stricken with grief and sorrow that everything dies and goes cold. That is a very brief rundown of that. I'm reading something right now that's of similar vein that deals with these characters, but doesn't go too in depth on that. So I didn't know, like I'm already reading this thing and I had no clue what happened do so appreciative (laughs) and yeah greek mythology is vast and ridiculous matter of fact in the comic books zeus is actually wonder woman's father and the whole story of her being sculpted out of clay is something that they made up so that hera will not come after her because we know that Hera has a problem with all of Zeus's demigod children. And so in order to, you know, curb Hera's wrath, because we saw what Hera did to Hercules, Mm -hmm. like in the, in the actual Greek mythology, um, 
in order to like keep Hera away from it, they were like, uh, Hippolyta sculpted this baby out of clay, breathed life into it, and now here we are. As opposed to what actually happened, which was Zeus came down and did what he does. And Wonder Woman is just yet another one of Zeus's many, <laughs> many, <laughs> yeah, many illegitimate children. So Wonder Woman and Ares are actually siblings in the comic book. Okay. And Ares is actually, there are stories where he's actually protective of her and actually taught her some things. And they're actually like on good terms. But this is, you know, we see, I would say that as far as you're concerned, Ares is one of her main villains because in the live action Wonder Woman movie, Ares is also the villain in that too. Yeah. So I'm sure that you're thinking, yeah, like Ares is one of her villains. That's, Always a bad guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's where we've seen him. That's what he's doing. So, yeah. Um. Also, I don't know if you knew this, but in this movie, the invisible jet is actually Steve's plane. I actually, I read back up on that because I wanted to review before we did this. And I saw that, like, yeah, they fixed his jet and it became the invisible jet. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just her jet that she just had ready to go. <laughs> and that's the thing. It depends on which story you're reading. And like, it, you. There's a bunch of, yeah, but this, this made sense to me that, uh, you know, because why else would she have an invisible jet if she's been on this island where they are separated from the man world and technology and all that? Like, why? It doesn't make sense for her to have an invisible jet under those circumstances. So for Steve's jet to have crashed and then they were like, let's just make this thing better in all of the ways. And so, yeah, um, I don't know how you know direct to stories that is but i like that mm -hmm. they did that because that was logical to me so that yeah, makes that's sense. a cool point but um so what were your thoughts on hades portrayal in this movie i'll tell you what when he came on screen i was like um hmm. and again based off of other media that i've seen Hades in and also that book that I said I was reading right now that involves um some Greek mythology like Hades is painted as this like smooth talker beautiful being and then this Hades came on screen and I was like oh <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah and that's the thing Hades portrayal is I always find it interesting because I've never seen the same Hades twice. No. I feel like I have seen like Zeus has a look. Zeus is very like Zeus is in a box almost. But every time I see Hades, I'm like, what's it gonna be this time? Because whenever I think of, you know, just a few examples, Hercules, the Disney film, love mm -hmm. it. Um, and Hades portrayal in that because that was my first like idea of Hades. Like that was the blueprint because. I was five when that movie came out and it was my favorite movie. I watched it every day. So that was Hades to me. And then whenever we look at um, God of War, God of War on the PlayStation 2, uh, Hades appeared in God of War 3 whenever Kratos was killing everybody. Um, Hades was like in full armor and he was still ugly and he was still heavy in that. Um, in 
Clash of the Titans, the new Clash of the Titans, um, the one with Liam Neeson. And was that Ray Fiennes that played? I don't know. Um, Hades and Clash of the Titans. He was dark and menacing. And I was like, okay, this, he was like smoky. And I was like, okay, this, mm-hmm. this feels appropriate for Hades based on, you know, what I know. Um, and then, you know, in this, yeah, we see Hades as very heavy. And it makes sense because I don't know that I've ever read anything that like explains in words what Hades looks like, but mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that. Hades looked the way he did based on what Hades does because Hades um, I mean in this you saw that Hades was um, relatively greedy and was like the fact that Hades very sp- and Hades was spiteful too like Hades, like unnecessarily just gross like yeah. why did you need to agree to help Ares and then be like oh wait one more thing let me bring in your son who mm-hmm. is just in a bad way. It's like, why did you have to do that? <laughs> you didn't have to do that. But you were just being terrible for no reason. Getting and, pleasure from the pain. Yeah, and Hades is usually portrayed as, well, all of the Greek gods are portrayed as terrible and very human. And that was very human. If Hades is you know, in a good financial situation, and able to be exploitative, then, you know, Hades going to be eating real good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know, like, since everybody's got a cartoon face, I don't know that Hades was, like, ugly or not, because Hades could have been beautiful and just heavy. Mm-hmm. But I always find portrayals of Hades interesting because they are varied and i feel like there's a wide range of them so i just thought that this one was another like oh that's an interesting take on hades yeah but again it made sense and one of the things that i wonder is if hades knew this was going to happen or not because it's kind of implied whenever the movie's ending and Ares has become hades new slave hades says You know, Zeus told me not to do it because it would only end badly. And I'm wondering if that's a, like, they actually saw the future and they knew for a fact, like they saw the prophecy or they, I wonder if there was something like, you know, how in Greek mythology, the fates can like. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. If it was, there's some kind of back end involvement of the fates and it was just like, this is going to happen. Yeah. And the movie Hercules made me think of that because Hades was working with the fates and got them to tell him, you know, what things were going to look like in 18 years and all that. But I I wonder if Hades actually knew this would happen or if it was just kind of implied by Zeus, like, don't do it because Hades or uh, Ares will just ruin his own situation by doing it. Or if it was like, a, no, th- you don't need to do it because Ares will die if it happens. And Hades was like, yeah, that's fine with me. I don't, I don't really worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like him dying just means Helps more, him. more plates can come to me at once. Yeah. So who knows? But 
Yeah. So we talked about how a couple of the characters were different. Uh, you mentioned Alexa. Yes. Do you have Do you have opinions about Alexa? I have opinions about Alexa and Artemis that are a little intertwined a bit. Um, I would agree that at the beginning of the film, Alexa is being a little weak based off of what we know Amazon's to be. And I was like, girl, you need to help everybody out. Like hiding behind a rock is not going to do anything for anybody. But um, she kind of, in my mind, redeemed herself a bit when she was like, no, Diana, go <laughs> compete. Like, I got you. No problem. And then when uh, Persephone ended up killing her and um, Artemis comes in <laughs> and is just like, look, she can't even do her job. And I'm like, your sister just died in her duty. And all you can think about is that it still wasn't good enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that doesn't surprise me because Artemis is very to the point. Like that, that was her character was... And of course, you would think, you know, you could show a little, like... Just a little bit. That's like, I I didn't dislike Artemis until that moment. Not dislike, but I was just a little frustrated when I was like, she literally just died and all you can be like, serves you right. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what you get for reading. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like, I, I was a little, little thrown by that. And then this is just um, a an interesting note that I took of just how they did the animation in general. I just feel like, um, so during that last scene and they've got all of the dead Amazons coming back and then you see one that gets killed and then turns into, can we call them zombies? Are we just, let's call them zombies. Okay. Turns into a zombie, like suddenly looks really dead. Right. And turns into a zombie, but then Alexa comes in looks like she's been dead for all of like 10 minutes. I feel like, and I was like, why is she less dead looking? <sighs> Than everybody well, else. I, well, I think that's because all of the other Amazons were dead from back when they had war. But we had the one that died immediately. Okay. And, and we saw the transition. Okay, because I okay. Maybe maybe I missed because I remember the one who died immediately and then she like got up and became unless maybe and this is why I, I should have took better note but that was just something i noticed right off because then alexa comes in and i was like you look like you just need a little sunshine and you'll be fine <laughs> yeah because i i i did attribute alexa being pretty intact to the fact that she didn't die that long ago but i now that i'm thinking about it in my head that one who died immediately was still intact but i if if she like zombified and like was noticeably yeah deader, then yeah, that's kind of one of those like oh, I think y'all missed <laughs> y'all missed one. a little thing. But and the, those yeah. are the little things that I like to notice and point out. Even though I'm like I'm watching a movie where people can fly and there's magic and <laughs> no, I had the same thought. I was like, is this really what I want to make a note of? But I was like, yeah, no, I want to bring up. <laughs> no, I definitely no, I do the same nitpicking, and I'm just like because i always say like how am i watching a wonder woman movie and saying that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. but there are a lot of things i'm okay with that are not things <laughs> like the fact that the lasso of truth exists i was gonna say we're so glad that the the jet makes sense but we're just gonna yeah. ignore the last yeah they made an invisible <laughs> jet with invisible missiles Lasso's that fine. steve was able to drive by the way 
Like Steve was just able to get in there and just know no where problem. things. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was his ship. Muscle so memory makes sense. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I the invisible jet. No, that's fine. That's, that's not a problem at all. But yeah, the fact that Alexa that was less dead than the lady who just died. Yeah, yeah. now nah, what are you doing? Get it together. Um, there will be more of that as we watch these. I look forward to it. <laughs> because I, yes, I do the same nitpicking. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I just think that's funny. So thank you for that. Uh, I love those. Please. I have to go back and yeah. make note of her. Because I swear, she looks way more dead. And then Alexa comes on and I'm like, why do you look Why fresh? are you so alive? Yeah. like Yeah. Because like, for can... a second, I was like, Alexa, oh, no, no yeah and so yeah i don't know but that's that's interesting because i i did notice how much fresher alexa was but i don't think i noticed the freshness of the one who died and then the immediate turn one yeah Yeah. you gotta watch out for i will uh, next time i will do that uh thank you for pointing that out to me (laughs) really appreciate it um one thing that you and i have talked about outside of this is dc's brilliant reuse of people Mm -hmm. and rosario dawson voices artemis in this later on whenever we talk about some of the movies that will occur later in the dc animated journey rosario dawson plays wonder woman oh yeah so rosario dawson whenever we get into the movies that are connected to each other. So Mm -hmm. there will be a movie Flashpoint Paradox, which we kind of talked about earlier, which will kick off the New 52. There's a set of movies that are all existing in the same universe on the same timeline. In those movies, Rosario Dawson plays Wonder Woman. I like that. Yay. That's cool. I enjoyed back into voice actors too, though. I had a good time with just the people in this though like you got doc ock in there <laughs> yeah alfred molina yeah and that's the thing, that's another thing that i love about these because one of the things one of the things i think that can bother people about animation in general is voice acting mm-hmm. and it being really bad or being like super cartoony mm-hmm. these movies have very good voice talent generally speaking now sometimes I, there are times when I'll have a nitpick. There are times when I'm like, I don't like that person being here. Or I have an idea of what that person should sound like. And whenever somebody doesn't, then it throws me off a little bit. But usually, the voice cast director, who in most of these is Andrea Romano, does really good work with the voice casting. And I will say it can be a challenge finding different people to voice the same person. So we know that a lot of these movies stand alone and a lot of them don't connect to anything. So you'll see some of the same characters, but being voiced by completely different people. So the Wonder Woman in this was not the same person who voiced Wonder Woman in episode two uh, when we talked about uh, Justice League, The New Frontier. That was Mm -hmm. a completely different voiced Wonder Woman. And I liked them both. I didn't have a problem with either one. So another really good thing that DC Animation does is, for the most part, they do a very good job voice casting. And I think that Andrea Romano has a lot to do with that. Because I see, like, I know her name 
because I see it on every single DC animated project. I don't know if she's still doing it like to this day, but throughout all of the movies that I remember watching, I remember seeing her name and being like, I'm going to like it if her uh, if she's in charge of voice casting, we're good. So um yeah, shout out to her. She's uh she knows what she's doing. No, she did great cuz I would say obviously with a live action, you need to find someone that looks the part and then can act. But I would think with the animation, obviously the looks don't matter so much, but you need to be able to find someone that can portray that character through vocals only and on top of all of that. And so I think all of these people, like, again, Alfred Molina prime. <laughs> yep. Love Alfred Molina. Uh, and then we talked about uh, uh, Hera, the actress that does her, um, Mark Hellenberger. I believe that's how I, you pronounce her name. She was on CSI, and that's how I always knew her. But she plays Hera in this, and it was just like, it's all these people, too, that I know is live action actors never would have known that this is something that they do too so it's cool to see them in a different light these people that i've known for years and have enjoyed for years and being able to see them here yes it's great and that's the thing that's because i don't want to take anything away from voice actors but i feel like the dc animated movies will sometimes take actors like live action actors or stage actors or you know whatever people who don't usually do voice acting and they'll pull them in to do some of these things and I'm like that I I I kind of wonder if that's the right choice sometimes because I feel like mm-hmm. voice actors are like they know what they're doing they're I mean this is what they do but because this is something that's so new sometimes for um stage or live or camera actors um I kind of wonder how it'll go and I like that DC will pull in some people that we don't know as voice actors mm-hmm. sometimes um I think that that's a great thing and sometimes it'll just bring name recognition to the role and you know it's something that Disney's been doing forever because I know in Disney movies like a lot of the voice actors in that are from like they're just actors who we know from stuff and you know, taking any notes from Disney is probably not a bad idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> but whenever I think about like the early DC stuff, like the TV shows and um, all of that, I think those are usually voice actors. Like whenever I think Kevin Conroy, I don't think Kevin Conroy live. I think no. <laughs> Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. Um, whenever I think of um, like Phil Lamar, who no. Is that who voices Green Lantern? I think that's who voices Green Lantern. Um, I'll have to check that. But whenever I think of him, I think of voice actor, not live action. Even though he's in live action stuff. Like, he was mm-hmm. in Pulp Fiction. But I think of him as a voice actor because he is so many voices from my youth. And with these movies, again, because some of them stand alone they can pull in different people. And then even when they go into the connected universe, um, like I said, Rosario Dawson, I know her as a live action. Correct. Yeah. But she is Wonder Woman in a lot of these. And, you know, she doesn't necessarily physically look like Wonder Woman, 
but she does a great job voicing her, which is a point that you brought up. You don't necessarily have to look like the person as long as you can bring life to that character through your voice. And, you know, the whole idea and concept of voice acting, I absolutely love it. If I had decided to go into performing, I would have wanted to be a voice actor. It's probably why I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I will sit here and talk about how great I think DC animation is all day long. So let's get back to the movie. <laughs> uh, did you um did you have anything? One thing that I kind of wonder is as far as somebody seducing somebody to get something done like mm-hmm. that concept i can't decide if it bothers me or I think it should bother you yeah, depending like, I, on the relationship and i think in the context of this film that you're bringing it up it should bother you a lot. yeah because <laughs> i'm like how how did what Mm-hmm. because I that shouldn't but also because he's a god and because he's the son of Zeus who yeah. is in Greek mythology Zeus was seducing like that was his whole thing you know a <laughs> couple times occasionally um, but yeah seducing women was Zeus's whole thing so that I think that's I was able to like I think that's why it, I was confused as to if it bothered me because I was like, that fits the whole like thing here. But just that in general or that as an idea, I don't know how I feel about it, but I feel like we see a lot of that. I feel like there are a lot of, you know, TV shows or movies where a very villainous man will find a way to seduce a woman into doing his bidding so that he can you know further himself and then whatever happens to her eh, doesn't matter yeah (laughs) no it's definitely a plot point that i feel like a lot of things take to and i think depending on how it's written like women as an audience will respond well to it in this film (laughs) i did not respond well to that at all um like i feel like there are more mind games at play obviously than more just she was seduced. I was like, Persephone's whole thing. Yeah, she I don't said, know about her. <laughs> she, she said, I just, I fell in love with him. Was like, it was just very, I love him, mom. And I'm like, no, honey, you don't. Like, Why did you, how did you fall in love with him? Like, what? The, what like you, yeah. You don't remember the war? Nothing has changed in the last thousand years that are going to be any <laughs> better or worse. Like, And I mean, it could be a combination of a few things. Like, usually in situations like this, it's like, well, she was seduced, but also she was unhappy with the way that things were being run. And, you know, there there may be some other things at play. Yeah. Because that's the only way that that would make sense to me. That's the only way that, like, why would you even entertain this if you were happy and knew that everything was fine and knew that he was the reason that things weren't at one point and you knew in the beginning of the movie they mention that he he hit her with the r word mm-hmm. hippolyta and when she killed their son she was like 
you forced that on me. That wasn't, yep. no, I didn't, I didn't do that. Mm-mm. You did that. So no, fuck that kid, pretty much. He's fighting on your side. He picked the wrong one today and he's got to die for it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Ares did that to Hippolyta and Persephone was like, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. That's cool. No, no, but it's not good. So yeah, I think I've decided I don't like it. Yeah, and I will. I just didn't like Persephone. I feel like the way they handled Persephone. I say they. I more dislike how they wrote her in the sense of that they wrote her well enough for me to dislike her. Not that I dislike the way they wrote her. That makes sense. Um, so like her whole storyline, that whole arc. It just frustrated me the whole time. And I wasn't okay, again, with the seduction part. And then I wasn't okay at the end where she was like, you took away our chance to be have families. And, and I'm like, you're reducing, you're taking away the whole point of Wonder Woman by that reducing I... women to just needing families and love, which that's a whole other conversation, like now, I needing will say... love and whatnot. But I was like, oh, I just feel like that reduced the entire point of all of this. Initially... I did have an issue with that. But Mm. when I thought about it, I said, you know, while it is negative to just put that on women and to just decide that that's what women want and that's the reason for their existence and that's why they do things and all that, um, I took it as you took away that option because there are women who genuinely want that. Yes. And And I... So I, I, it took me a minute to get there, but initially I was outraged. I was like, why is it that they had her mention that when we know that society looks at women? Yeah, like I, I went into all of that and then I was like, you know what? Actually, there are a lot of women who would agree with Persephone because regardless of how society feels or regardless of, you know, the, brainwashing that has happened and Mm -hmm. the stigmas and stereotypes that are associated with all of these things like even if none of that existed there are women who and and men too but there are women who just want love and they want a family and they want to have children and they want they want to do all of those things like that is real and i think that my initial thought was like, why are we forcing that? But then it's like, no, that's not that's not what's happening. She's just saying that too should be an option. Mm-hmm. And so I... I think it actually spoke to allowing women to do and be everything that they want. Mm-hmm. And I think that she, in my mind, she was speaking to the idea of overcorrection. Because... We know that a lot of times overcorrecting is very human. Like whenever something is bad or, you know, not desirable or being forced on people, they do a hard left and they overcorrect in the opposite direction, going as far away from that as they possibly can. And, you know, we could ideally, or not ideally, but we could see that if somebody was watching this, then they might say, okay, we know how women are viewed and portrayed. 
So let's go in the complete opposite direction. We're going to have women in charge. We're going to have only women. The women are going to be powerful. The women are going to be fighters. The women are going to be all of these things that most people don't associate with women due to the societal brainwashing. And Persephone was like, yeah, but we don't all want that. And I understand how important it is to have that, but that is not all there is. That's not all that there should be. And just because we are viewed as not having that as an option, we should have it as an option, but that shouldn't take away other options. I would agree. I just, I again, I don't like how it was announced almost like again and i think it goes back to what we were saying is like why didn't she just say anything beforehand it was just like suddenly i love him let's kill alexa all this stuff and then suddenly at the end she's like we deserve love and stuff too i guess i should also make note of like not that it's not a good option to have obviously and it's great to want those things i just i think too sometimes when i'm watching stuff like wonder woman i just get so hyped up on the yeah we don't need the, any of this, da da da. And so, hearing that at the end, I was like, "No, <laughs> yep. we've come so far in this movie." <laughs> and I think uh, initially I had the same, like, "Why are we doing that?" But then I was like, "You know what? She makes a good point, mm-hmm. and I don't agree with the execution of said point. I think that we could have uh, done things a little differently." And maybe once I'm a few more, a bit more removed from having watched it just so recently and fresh for the first time, I'll get more on that line. Cause I think it's, yeah, the execution, like you said, I was like, yeah, it felt so sudden and just thrown in, especially. Well, and then you've got Diana, the other main um, person experiencing a love interest in the entire film, just batting it away, batting it away, batting away. And like, yeah, do that. (laughs) And, I mean, it should be a situation where, like, why does there have to be a love interest? Yeah. Like, that, that's that's something that people generally like to see, but it doesn't always have to be a thing. And sometimes I I catch myself wanting there to be a love interest, and then I find myself being happy if there's not. Mm-hmm. But I find, my like, while I'm watching it, I want it to happen. But then I'm like, I why I shouldn't want but I I don't want it. I don't want to want it but I, <laughs> I think we're <laughs> just so used to like you always want in every show any show any movie like you have like the, that urge just like oh I bet these two are the two or something like that if it's not apparent and this one I think it would have been great if like that final the the kiss and everything with Diana and Steve didn't happen because I mean regardless of how I felt about Steve I loved their interactions together and I was like I would have loved a bit more of that and it didn't need to have uh okay yeah we can yeah it's it, it felt like she just gave in it almost did and because it, it was just like a fine yeah like that's <laughs> that's what that. it felt like it was like <laughs> all right stop okay if, if you'll stop asking me then yeah I'll do, yeah and that that happens far too often in real life like that that's yes it's very like a lot <laughs> of people know that life mm-hmm. like a lot of people are like will you stop bothering me fine okay mm-hmm. and it's it's unfortunate but um i i agree 
of course i knew that they were gonna yeah i knew that they were a thing um and you know it's one of the, the the whole thing with that is one of the issues that i kind of have with the second live action wonder woman movie Mm-hmm. how she was just broken but yeah. that movie had a lot of issues beyond that one thing yeah. we do see at the end um i would say that cheetah is wonder woman's like arch nemesis like the, mm-hmm. her main one and i'm glad that we got to see cheetah in this movie it did like lead us to believe that there was going to be a sequel more like, yeah like they kind of like opened the door for like oh we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep this going and then nah as far as I know, this movie does not have a sequel. Um, that is how that movie ends. We will see Wonder Woman again, but not that Wonder Woman. Not that one. That like universe. So anyway, um, what would you give this movie on a scale of one to ten? I would say I want to be about seven and a half, eight. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but there's also there's a couple of points that... This is obviously a really fresh review. I feel like most of the times when you give a review, you think about it two weeks later and you're like, mm, let me change these things. But I think right now it's a strong like seven and a half, eight. No, I'm actually glad that um, because I make the mistake sometimes of reviewing something very fresh. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a mistake. It's just kind of how it happens. Like it's it's the difference between like a deep dive review and a like initial reaction like knee-jerk um live review almost and i think that both are important uh i will say that my opinion does usually change over time i Mm -hmm. usually go in liking something a lot more and then i slowly start to rein that in a little bit um whenever i review mcu movies like i find myself being like i really enjoyed it and then when i start to think about it i'm like that number's coming down a little bit (laughs) that that newness gives you a lot more excitement yeah Yeah, i i have to let the newness wear off uh that is very true so i've let the newness wear off for me Mm -hmm. um for me i'm thinking more six and a half seven Mm -hmm. uh i did enjoy it but there were some things I was like, mm, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, we've seen in real life, there have been women who have fallen in love with, you know, terrible men who are responsible for atrocities. And those women help those men, like, do things and yeah. um, make moves and all of that. So we've seen that in real life. Like, it is a thing that happens. And it's really just a matter of finding somebody who is, I guess, vulnerable or finding someone who aligns with the things that you're saying Mm -hmm. or that agrees with you. Because, again, she says, like, love and children and marriage and family wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that you wanted, then Aries could be like, yeah. I can give you those things. Sure. I can, I can give you those things and you should want those things. Yeah. And you, yeah, like Aries. Yeah. I'm Played sure. That, yeah. He did seduce her and yeah. he's a Greek God. So also there's that. Like he, he comes from a long <laughs> line of seducers. Yeah. He or, knows how to play the game. Yeah. Or a seducer rather. Um, But I just don't, I don't like that. He, uh, I don't like what he did to Hippolyta and Persephone was like, yeah, it's fine. 
I think that's my main issue. Um, but anyway, any uh, any final thoughts or anything before we uh, close it out? I did want to say that I did really like how there was kind of that callback when Diana kills Ares, callback to when Hippolyta kills Thrax. Like, I really liked that, um, how that paralleled each other. Like, it, I was like, yeah. Hey, I like that too. <laughs> All in the family. <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy that. Like, uh, the mother killed the son, the daughter killed the father. In the yeah. same way, very Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> um, yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that, so thank you. No problem. <laughs> Alrighty. In the next episode, we will be discussing Green Lantern First Flight. So until then, salutations. Salutations.